0: Hey, everybody. Absolutely stunning news over here this week. We have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash night. Go over there, sign up at any tier, and you'll have access to it. Once again, that's patreon.com slash night. Now, enjoy the show. Look, you mentioned it before, I want to t- I want to hear about boxing training.
1: Yeah, I sparred with my coach today, got knocked around a bit, and then, yeah, bolted home and flash showered and because uh, it was <laughs> disgusting, and then bolted in here. And
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: been oh, a lot of my life for the past four months, five months. I started training for this in September.
0: So we should say that you were just announced last week, right, as part of Creator Clash Two.
1: I and was. This
0: is specifically what you're training for, right?
1: hundred percent. Creator Clash 2, let's go. <laughs> Susie was actually there because I got to give a big shout out to Aaron Hansen for kind of like connecting me with this whole event and, and walking me in the door. And Susie and Aaron came over at her place and we were just hanging out for the first time in like way too long. And... um you know, I watched the first Creator Clash. I watched all of it and was just, like, enamored and, like, had moments where I was crying, including Aaron Such and Harley's fight. Yeah, It's just so wholesome. It's wholesome violence. <laughs> wholesome <laughs> violence, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and um, I told Aaron, I was like, I want to do this. And he was like, you don't understand, though. You have to be, like, incredibly serious because it's... It's a lot.
0: It's not just people fucking around. It's people doing it, right? Oh,
2: no. I, like, try to deter Marisha. And, like, right from the first time Aaron said it, she was like, no, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh, my God, do you know that they're going to, like, punch you in the face and stuff? And she's like, (laughs) "Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. That's their
0: their goal, (laughs) indeed. Yes.
2: Yeah, like, you had, like, the, like, complete, like, gremlin let's go energy. Like, you really (laughs) wanted to get into it. And, like, I admire that. Like, where does that come from? Like, where did that come from in you?
1: Man, that is a great question. I've always been pretty competitive. And I also, I really enjoy learning new skills. Trying to get me to just, like, go into the gym to just work out for the sake of working out. If you're like, lift weights and run a mile, I'm like, why? Why? Why am I doing any of this? This is torture. Uh But if you say, like, there's a goal in mind, I will do anything, I'll put myself through hell to reach that end goal. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, wanting to look good. It's not even really about winning. I mean, it's a little bit about winning, but uh, (laughs) it's wanting to be your best in that moment. And you know, I really enjoy like the competitive aspect of sports and being pushed in that way, because I do think that you can learn a lot about yourself and your ilk.
0: Were you an athlete growing up?
1: I did competitive dance team.
0: Awesome. The (laughs) nerdiest form of athletics. Yes.
1: I know. I know. I didn't do like any type of like contact sports. And then I did martial arts later on in life as well. But- To be fair, like if anyone has ever watched cheer on Netflix, there's a season one and season two of cheer, you should watch it, even if you don't think that you'd be into it, because I don't think they give like cheerleaders or people on dance team the due respect to how hard these people push themselves. And I know they've been pushing to make cheer a category in the Olympics. And I am Oh really? Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if they ever will, but when you watch like some of the things, these people like doing their two minute routine and then running over and barfing in the trash can and then running back and doing it again, there are girls getting bruised ribs from repeatedly oh, it's throwing nuts. tricks. Oh, yeah,
0: nuts. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: insane. It's insane. So yeah, I would, uh, I remember back in the day in high school when we were, you know, I was really in the thick of competition season and also, as time goes on, everyone tries to innovate and do crazy things and throw crazy tricks. Or we were like throwing toe touches, or landing in planks on the ground, or just insane shit. And I would have these bruises all over my body. And I loved comparing them to my friends who were in football. Uh-huh. At the same time, because I could go toe to toe with them with the amount of well, abuse. And
0: you're wearing far less protective gear too, right?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No pads or anything. You're just, just wrecking your body. So yeah, I haven't really had anything like that since high school. And then kind of getting back and training for Creator Clash again. It's like, oh yeah,
0: that's right. So are you, are you doing the thing where it's not only the physical training, but changing diet all that, that full in, you know, I know Aaron radically changed his diet, right? When,
1: oh, it's when, when insane, he
0: started yeah. training.
1: Absolutely. I have a legitimate team of people behind <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> to yeah.
1: Shape me into an athlete. It's crazy. It's not cheap. That's the other thing about this. Like, um, oh,
0: I'm sure not. Yeah.
1: Oh, like props to Creator Clash because they give you a stipend for your training. Even the stipend that they give, I don't
0: think oh, that's fully smart. cover yeah.
1: the amount, though, that I'm dumping into it. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Susie knows because, and I think Aaron's all the, same the time.
2: Yeah, and the specialists and the doctor's appointments and the food and the training sessions alone.
1: Yeah, like I'm currently training five days a week with my boxing coach in the mornings. Wow. I train three days a week with my strength and conditioning personal trainer. In the evenings and on Saturdays. Oh my God. So, like, I'm doing physical exertion six days a week, recovering on Sundays, or at least attempting to. I've got a nutritionist, I've got a meal plan, I've got a sports masseuse, I've got an IV therapist. Yeah, I think Aaron's doing the same thing like once a week.
2: Yeah, you can tell on Aaron's like face, like, after he's had an IV treatment, it's a noticeable difference.
0: What's an IV therapist? I don't even know what this is. Except that they're clearly injecting or putting shit into your body.
2: It's like a new trend that I've seen pop up in like the last like two or three years. I'm sure it's been underground in like the nursing community for longer than that because I have like friends and family members who are nurses who like said they offered this service for like bachelor parties and stuff. But basically, (laughs) yeah, you know, like IV bags at the hospital that are full of saline and like it's basically Pedialyte for your body. To prevent you from getting
0: hungover. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it's basically, they'll hook up an IV to you to rehydrate your body way more than you need and even put like vitamins in it and all kinds of things to just like make you feel better faster. And mm-hmm. um, it really makes a difference. I can't do it. I've never done it because it freaks me out like personally, <laughs> but like, I, I love it for people that it does help. Like, I think it's amazing. Yeah.
0: I mean, my question with that is always beyond the anecdotal evidence, like you know, is this a, an accepted scientific practice? And then also anytime we start talking supplements, I get a little weirded out because of how poorly regulated that whole industry is.
1: A hundred percent.
0: But a lot of smart people I know, you know, you, Aaron, other friends do this on a regular basis. So I'm really, it is something I'm curious about, like what's the evidence and, you know, how specifically is, is it working?
1: No, you're hundred percent. Right. And and to your point, your body only absorbs, I think it's something like 10 to 12% of vitamins. Yeah, It's hard. It's just hard for your body to absorb it through your digestive system. So this helps with that because you are getting those like vitamins and they, the IV tech basically builds me an IV bag, like a vitamin bag with the things that I need for training. So it's Mm -hmm. like high in vitamin C high in magnesium
0: because
1: mm-hmm. magnesium helps with muscle recovery and relaxation so it's all kind of like tailored to what you need but doing it through the iv you get a higher absorption
0: mm-hmm. than
1: if you were to just do supplements
0: like drink because- it or eat it or whatever yeah
1: correct correct it's literally putting it directly into your bloodstream but yeah i mean you can 100% feel the difference and i mean and at the end of the day also just that instant hydration is pretty great
0: <laughs> yeah and and with kind of like standard vitamins like that those are pretty chill generally speaking you know it's the the other stuff that you need to worry about where it's like you know something that you've never heard of before and someone's like you got to take this it's like oh, okay may, maybe back off on On those, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, it it borders very closely like some snake oil salesman type
0: shit. 100%. What I understand about multivitamins, which is admittedly not much, is generally speaking, most people don't need them. If you're eating a balanced diet, you're probably fine, but it's not going to hurt you. Like taking over-the-counter multivitamin, it's going to be fine, but it's also probably not necessary in in most cases. I I find this whole thing really, really interesting because of how widespread the vitamin industry is and also how totally unregulated so much of it is in, in kind of a scary way, personally, I think.
2: I mean, we really don't even know if vitamins can be absorbed in the body like in pill form, like technically you have to get all of your vitamins through whole foods. And like Is that true? Eating. I didn't know that. So Aaron's been reading this food science book and he's been telling me like little snippets from it like every day. And he's like obsessed. He's like learning all about like whole food and food science. Like he was telling me about like orange juice. Did you know that like orange juice in the grocery store is actually like seven to eight months old already by the time it's on the shelf? Oh, that makes
0: sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Like they like put like acidic and like flavor savers and stuff to make it taste like orange juice and stuff. Like just like stuff like that. Like I'm like, Ugh! I didn't yeah. know
1: that.
2: But yeah, that vitamin thing was one of the things he was telling me recently.
1: Yeah, hmm. your body definitely absorbs a little, but not a lot, not yeah, not yeah. the amount that you think you're getting. I actually have a um, friend of mine who is a professor and scientist up in Northern California, and her specific field and what she is actively working on is trying to develop a better vitamin that oh, nice. has a higher absorption rate into hmm. your bloodstream. Cool but she's she's like the first one cuz i talked to her about this as well especially getting into all this and she's yeah, yeah, like great. yeah like you said Brian like <laughs> it's not going to hurt you but where the supplement industry gets same i'm the same way it gets the ebgbs is when it starts feeling like very predatory and people are yes. spending like a lot of money on right. things that are like false promises
0: yeah. And, and there's also a lot of like, especially with some of these supplements, there's like a bro culture element to it, which is like, what are we doing here, guy? You know, you don't need to pound like a quarter cup of powder a day to increase your <laughs> vitamin element, you know? And the fact that all these, you know, assholes get rich selling supplements, Alex Jones and people like that get rich off these completely, yeah. yeah. And he's not being like, hey, take some more vitamin D. He's like, you know, take my Alex Jones pro powder or whatever the fuck it's called, (laughs) you know? But of course, you know, Alex Jones can absolutely go fuck himself, one of the worst people in the world unambiguously, just across the board. But (laughs) yeah, I love that you're talking to a professor friend.
1: Here's hoping that her and her team make a better vitamin. So there are people who are actively working on it.
0: Now, the question is, Susie, when will you be boxing?
2: I'm not, I can't. Oh, I would fold like a wet paper towel. I do not have it in me. I am shocked. That's why like, I'm so like amazed by Marisha because like, do you know that they're going to hit you? Like, ah! like, it just like, it feels like I'm, I just can't compute. Like, yeah. Uh,
0: I wouldn't be caught near that ring personally. Like I, I have a, a decent medical reason which is a very nice cover for the fact that I'm terrified of doing it and don't want to. But uh, <laughs> I, I have very, very bad vision, like minus oh, 15, yeah. minus oh. 16 in both eyes. And I've been told by oh. eye doctor after eye doctor, it's bad for you to get punched in the face because it could like tear oh. your retina. But oh yeah, if I were to say that's the reason I don't want to do it, that would be fundamentally dishonest. The real reason is <laughs> I don't want to get punched and I'm scared of it. But I can be like, oh, no, my eyes, oh, you, you know, you get it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. probably for the best because like, you know, you can only get injured like that once before you're like, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. So maybe it's good to yeah. make the call early.
0: Yeah, I would want to do the training part without the boxing part. That's the part that sounds most interesting to me is like train like you're going to fight, but then don't actually do the, the fight part. I would be all about that.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. doing some like, Cardio boxing. There's a lot of like kind of um, oh yeah cardio boxing studios out there where you are just kind of like working yeah, the bag.
0: Very popular. Yeah,
1: it's one of the best workouts you could get. It's full body. You're working out muscles in your back and your abs that you didn't even know existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. I'm fighting Haley, trying to aim for like 135, 140, but ultimately we have to be within 10 pounds of each other. So as long as I'm over 130 and she's under 140. So she's coming down in weight and I'm coming up, but Mm. I'm currently sitting, when I started this whole process, I was weighing in at 126 and I'm currently sitting at 134.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot of muscle.
1: Yeah. And it's, I'm down 2% in body fat as well. So it is like primarily like six, seven pounds of muscle, which is crazy.
0: With the body fat thing, have you ever done like the full scan where they mm-hmm. get in the tank. Is that is that how you analyzed it? I've never done it because I'm scared of what it might tell me. But the- like, <laughs> did you do that?
1: Not the one where you're getting like the water take. I know which one you're yes, talking about. That's but the there one I'm are talking like about, the yeah. um, in-body machines that a lot of times your nutritionist has. And we have one at the gym that I train at.
2: I did one of those before. It was like an electro current, isn't it? Like, it's yes. just like you're on a scale. You don't even feel it. Yes, exactly. And you yeah. like
1: hold these little electro knobbies and then it like (laughs) reads your whole, it's wild. It's wild how it works. I don't know how
0: that works. I mean, I can sort of guess how that works, but how they can be so precise. That's so interesting.
1: Oh, they're
2: insane. I still have the printout. It's from like 2012 or something. Every once in a while I look back on it and I'm just like, it like has all of your information and like, where you are on a scale between like, you know, yellow, green, and red for like Mm -hmm. cholesterol and fat levels and all this stuff, just because I think it's something to do with the fat and the water amounts in your body and just like what the electricity does and bounces back with those.
0: I would assume they conduct electricity differently, right? So I would Mm -hmm. assume it can, based on how the current moves through your body and maybe a speed thing or something like that, they can... Guess the, it's some kind of average or something. Guess, you know, what the conductance yeah. of your body is and then go on from that. But it is kind of mystifying to me exactly how science they can is crazy. Do it. Science it is fucking science crazy. It's science true. Science
1: is magic.
0: Here's my proposal. I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but if I did, too bad. I want something like Creator Clash, but for people who don't want to be hit. And here's my proposal. <laughs> Um, it is, so it's all of the accoutrements of a boxing match. So it's, it's the ring, it's the stadium, it's the lights, it's the announcer. It's, I don't know if they have people with round cards or bells or whatever, but it's two desks and it's a math competition. And so people come out in their robes and their short, whatever you're wearing, you know, you wear your thing and you have your team in your corner or something like that. And everything about it is exactly the same. There's an announcer. And then they give you a page of like integrals or something like that, some calculus to do. Oh my God. And it's a toe-to-toe, like you can talk trash about your opponent if you can do that while you're calculating. (sighs) You can play the same sort of mind games. Maybe you have to put a mouthpiece uh. (laughs) in so that you can't, or something. No, no, no. This is the Brian contest.
2: Yeah. That's right. So
0: (laughs) yeah. So my goal was, you know, challenge, like, I don't know, fucking... Logan Paul or something to a math contest. <laughs> it's a battle of a battle of you wits, win. not you a battle won. of yeah, fists. Yeah, well, you don't let's
2: worry. Let's yeah. say, I,
0: yeah, you know. Okay. So I picked a, some low hanging fruit and an easy target there, but there are certainly enough, you know, like science creators or whatever out there yeah, who it would be fun. Also, there's no weight divisions or anything like that. It can really be anyone versus anybody. It doesn't have to be math. Of course, it could be different things, any kind of like, you know, battle of knowledge or something.
1: Just the weight of your brain.
0: That's exactly a right. Yeah. show
1: of the creators.
0: There would have to be some kind of great weigh-in event. Exactly. So what's, oh, yeah. the, what's the weigh-in? I don't know. You know, maybe it's a spelling bee.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. Are you as good at spelling as you are at math?
0: I'm pretty good at spelling, but I'm probably better at math. Yeah. Interesting. They're not correlated as far as I know, right? You can be great at math and a terrible speller and vice versa.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you happen to catch any of the chess boxing event?
0: No, I didn't. Did you do that?
1: I did not do that. I went. One of my my sparring partner participated in it, Andrea Botez, and she was robbed, uh, but she did great. <laughs> it's so wild. Because you're like, I remember first hearing about it and it's like, yeah, the people play chess for two minutes and then they box for two minutes and then they go right. back and forth. And I was like, what, what why? <laughs> but I do understand the appeal because the more people get hit in the head, the worse they get at chess.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> so the thing I'm proposing is exactly like chess boxing without the boxing.
1: Right, right.
0: Yes.
2: I'm glad that boxing's having this huge, like, resurgence. Like, it's really cool to see people have an interest in something, like, physical and, like, the passion behind it. Like, I think it's really cool. A lot of, like, hobbies have died out in America, I feel. So, like, it's really Mm. cool to see people get passionate about it again.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's a really fun way, to of getting, you know, broadly speaking, a group of creators to do a thing together. That, you know, people you wouldn't normally cross paths with, but are in the same kind of universe as, and you get to be in the same space and hit each other.
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask, like, Marisha, like, did your audience, like, have any kind of reaction to you announcing this? Were they expecting it?
1: Oh, man. No one was really expecting it. There was uh, definitely a lot of comments that were like, oh, didn't expect to see you on this list. (laughs) And what was scary, though, is there was a lot of people who were like, oh, Marisha's got this. All my money's on Marisha. Marisha's winning. Like People put out their bets, like their predictions. And obviously, too, plenty out there for Haley. She's also getting a lot of love and support. But it was like the more people commented that like, it's in the bag. She doesn't even need to step in the ring. She's already <laughs> got this. The more I was like, Oh God, I can't fuck this up. Yeah. Now the pressure is real. It's support, but also pressure.
0: (laughs) Yes.
2: Exactly. You don't want to let them down. Yeah. No, what you what you want
0: are the lowest expectations imaginable. You want (laughs) everyone to say, "Eh, you know, whatever happens, happens. She's probably gonna lose, but whatever. And then you can shock them if you win. And I love being
1: underestimated. Yes, yes, that's exactly
0: right. That's the best place to be.
1: Can't go anywhere but up when you're underestimated. Uh, yeah. But be <laughs> hopefully I'm not being overestimated, which no. is also, you know, why I am training the insane amount that I right. am training as oh, well. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I remember watching Haley's fight last year and just like, everybody was like, this little girl, like, she's so tiny, like, and she's going up against Minx, who's just like this machine. And everyone is like, does she know what she's getting into? And she held her own, like, holy cannoli. So she's coming into it with that previous year's experience. But I feel like you are also coming into the mix with something completely different. So I'm really interested to see it. Yeah.
1: She's got the advantage of having been through it once.
2: But you also have friends who have been there so we can like, you know, pump you up and get you ready. Yeah. I know. There's
1: so many people rolling out there too. Like a lot of people, a lot of my friends.
0: I'm debating going. I gotta say, I'm thinking about it. You should have to go. go. It's
1: so much
2: fun.
0: I want to. I
2: will say like so many weird things happened when we went last year. Like I can't wait to go back again this year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I told you this, Susie, like... It was way too late in the game, like four days before the event, I called our friend Justin from Real Good Touring, and I was like, dude, creator clash pitch idea. At the very end, Ninja Brian comes in, takes on all the winners, mind lasers them, everybody dies. And he's like, dude, this event is happening in four days. What are you fucking talking? No, no. A, no, and B, (laughs) no. You know, but I thought I was like, wouldn't that be fun? It's basically that... um
1: That hot ship music video.
0: Yes. (laughs) You know which one? Yes. 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 (laughs) It just comes in and lasers everybody in
2: the audience. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for this year, Marisha. Yeah.
0: I know. It's going to be fun. Everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Wecht. My name is Brian Mm -hmm. Wecht. Uh, I do have a a special guest co-host today. Guest co-host, who are you?
2: Hi, my name is Susie. You might know me as Mortimer Online from Game Grumps or from my own stuff. Um, Hi, how's it going?
0: Great. And Layton's on a little break here. So Susie is filling in for a few episodes while while Leighton is on vacation. And we also have an amazing mystery guest. Mystery guest, who are you?
1: Hello, I'm Marisha Ray. You may know me from Critical Role or maybe some various voiceover video game appearances. And I guess in April 15th, Creator Clash 2.
0: Tell <laughs> you. Yeah. that's awesome! No, we we're we're so excited to have you here. As I said to Susie before, like we've been meaning to reach out to you for a while. So when Susie agreed to step in as co-host, and she was like, "How about Marisha?" I was like, "Yes, of course, please, that'd be great." So it's it's <laughs> I'm so awesome flattered. to have
2: you on. I'm so honored. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you had the time for us because I know how busy you are. Like, how do you balance work and training? Is that a hard thing for you? Because I know with Aaron, like he comes home and he sleeps. He's literally burning the candle at both ends.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's um it's hard. Yeah. And I honestly don't think I could do it if I didn't have such an immense support structure. And that extends between My incredible husband, Matthew Mercer, everyone at Critical Role, both the cast and my team behind me, who are kind of acknowledging and allowing that, like, I might not be able to make every meeting for the next few weeks. And even, you know, between the fan base, my other friends, and the Creator Clash community as well. And having that support structure, you know, I got to give a shout out to Brett, AKA Ahundar who's also fighting in creator clash 2. He's kind of been my like ride or die throughout this process. And just even on Monday, I was just like kind of feeling like just fucking down on myself and was just having a rough training day and wasn't feeling really good about any of it. And I kind of hit him up and I was like, Hey man, like what the fuck? I feel like this whole situation can very much feel like two steps forward, one steps back a lot of times. And I'm tired and just not feeling motivated. And he was like, dude, like I'd say for every three days of training, I have at least one of those days. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. just really good to like hear and then talking to just a lot of other people who are participating in it as well. And just knowing that acknowledgement that like, yeah, this is hard and not all days are going to be great. And yeah, I understand why so many creators who participate in this don't put out content for three months while they're training (laughs) (laughs) because like what the fuck but yeah you know we have our animated series that we're still airing while we're in production on it obviously still filming episodes of critical role season
0: two is airing right now right
1: yes season two is airing right now and then we're in the middle right now in the thick of season three of production on it
0: that's so great which is
1: amazing it's absolutely incredible and then, yes, of course, still doing the main show, still trying to develop more content, everything that we have on going on behind the scenes. So I can't just peace out for three months. I just can't. No so it's hard. There's definitely a lot of days where I get up at 6.30. I go in and I train boxing for 90 minutes. I go mm-hmm. immediately into the office. We'll have three, four meetings in the day. And then sometimes roll right into critical role filming because we film in the evenings. We'll often have like a four thirty, five o'clock call time you know, eat dinner at the studio, film. But this was my day yesterday, by the way. This was oh exactly the day yesterday. Film till midnight normally. Get home 12.30, one o'clock, sleep, and do it again. No. So That's <laughs> oh, amazing. God.
2: I I hear these schedules and it makes my heart hurt. Like, I hope you fighters are taking care of yourselves too. Cause like, that's when you're healing and you're like developing right. the muscles is when you're sleeping. So like, you really need yes. to sleep. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: the hardest part about it. And like, sometimes my coach will get on me cause he'll be like, I've got to be eating X amount of calories and meals. He'll be like, Did you do the cold plunge? did you roll yourself out? And did you jump on the exercise bike for 30 minutes? And I'm like, no. I went. <laughs> <laughs> you I knew went to this. Work. Soon. Yeah, yeah. I went to yeah. work. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's something else for people to be aware of, where I feel like we obviously love and idolize professional athletes. But I think a lot of times, like the work ethic of professional athletes sometimes almost gets like used against the average person where they're like, oh yeah. Well, you know, what are you gonna do? Like LeBron James, he's he hits the gym at 4 30 in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, he's getting paid millions of dollars to That's do this. that. He's job. not doing anything. That's his job.
0: And by the way, is probably undervalued given how much he gets paid. This is I don't mean to derail this, but because there's an NBA salary cap. Other athletes are getting a lot more than he is, relatively. Yes. Like, it's crazy. By the way, I said that as if I know something about sports. I do not. (laughs) Uh, I heard that on a Planet Money podcast about a year ago. So that's how I know this. So- You know, just (laughs) full disclosure, but I totally agree. These people, it's like, well, you know, The Rock, blah, blah, blah. It's like, come, we're not using The Rock as our industry standard, are we? Exactly. As a net worth of $500 million or whatever the fuck it is, and whose entire job can center around working out? No, we're not going to use that as as the goal. And by the way, like, I don't even know if he has kids or whatever, but that's a whole other, probably he's (laughs) having some help taking care of them if he does, yeah.
1: Yeah. People got to work. People have family lives. And I am i say this as someone who is incredibly hard on themselves, but I think people need to allow themselves a little bit more grace where it's like, if you can like get up and you just show up, and even if it means you're only getting like 30 minutes, two to three days a week, that is pretty fucking great. Do what you can. You know, for the average person, yeah. you do what you can and be like, be proud of yourself for showing up. Mm-hmm because that's, that's honestly right. like the hardest part about just trying to take care of yourself and and self-care and obviously we all know that like self-care is often most people's lowest priorities you know when you're trying to provide for people when you're trying to work when you have a lot of other things going on so you know yeah. and obviously <laughs> social media and the Instagram influencers and all of these people as we all know in this digital age don't often help people's self-esteem and can kind of skew expectations. But I think just people giving themselves a little bit more credit where credit is due can go a long way.
0: I'm curious in your case, I mean, your life has changed so radically in the last five years. You've seen this huge, huge success in critical role that I can only imagine what a difference in your self-care regimen this must have required to some extent where you went from like, Hey, you know, obviously you were doing all sorts of great stuff before critical role and you continued, but you know, then critical role kind of like explodes into the stratosphere. I have never been through something like that myself where one particular project. And it's not overnight, you know, blah, blah, blah. But suddenly you can kind of put a date on like, this is where the hockey stick really like goes nuts. (laughs) Like I'm curious, what was that experience like for you Personally, not the mechanics of, but just like what was the emotional side of, of what? What a minute! What what the fuck is happening right now? That that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of times, you know, because we have seen such amazing success and success that many people crave and wish that they had. So once again, try not to be hard on ourselves when we have those moments of being like, "This is a lot," or "This is overwhelming," and are we? completely bound and and suffering from our sheer ambition. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, there are right. absolutely days where it's like you just crave a moment of quiet or peace or just not feeling completely underwater with everything that we have going on that we're trying to do. We often compare critical role to that um uh, like old Tex Avery cartoon of the um the dog building the railroad tracks uh-huh, as uh-huh. he's on the speeding train.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: that's what it feels like all the time. Yeah. I really enjoy there's a commencement speech by Neil Gaiman for the Art Institute back in like 2008, 2009, mm. don't quote me there. It's on YouTube, highly recommend it. But one of the things that I really appreciate that talk that he did was that especially when you're going into a creative field as an artist or, you know, it can also apply to many other fields. People often warn you about the problems of failure, but most no one warns you of the problems of success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the little things about trying not to lose yourself, trying to enjoy your success. Just take a moment to look at it and be like, holy fucking shit this is cool. Look at this. Yes. Look at people enjoying the work that we're putting in. That's awesome. And I think that's the hardest thing that we, the entire critical role team kind of struggles with. It's just kind of taking a moment to breathe and not being so stressed out about like, well, what do we got to do next? What comes next? Yes. So we're trying to get better at that, but it's definitely, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> a hard, it's, hard. Yeah. it's hard. It's an interesting balance.
0: Yeah. It always feels like you know, certainly I felt this with Ninja Sex Party. It's like, wait, yeah. is, is this the best it's ever going to be? And it's, it's always been great. Like, you know, we, we started off playing to small clubs in New York and then had big success once Danny joined Game Grumps. And every time we're doing some show or in the studio, you know, sell an album, whatever, there's always a part of me that's like, is this the peak? am I peaking? Do I not know it? Is this the best it's ever going to be? And then I have to ask myself like, okay, take a moment, be very happy. Things are going well.
1: Yeah.
0: If I don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow right now, it's going to be okay. You know, I can give myself a week of like, let's just ride this out. But then that what always comes next for me is like, okay, how do we top it? What's next? Like (laughs) if we take too many chances, is that going to piss off the people that like it? you know, if we don't take enough, are we doing ourselves a disservice? I constantly have this worry. This is incredibly self-destructive that I'm supposed to be having the most fun of my life right now. And I'm not appreciating it enough. And then in five, 10, 15, however many years, I'm going to look back at literally right now and been like, that was, that was the moment. That's when you should have been enjoying it more. That's it. Yes.
2: You can get to that place though. Like you can practice like daily gratitude and stuff. And I think you can get to a place where you can live more in the moment and be there for more of the now. But I'm not saying that I've gotten there, but like, I know that there are tricks to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Susie, I feel like you're such a very like self-aware person. What do you do to try and like, just like you said, practice that daily gratitude?
2: I go introspective a lot. Whenever I feel anything like weighing on me from the internet or like whenever like something becomes too much I will meditate I don't as much now but for a while I was doing at least an hour of meditating a day and I would go like introspective and just be like why is this comment making me feel this way because you can totally detract the comment from the person. This comment is only coming from them because they feel this way themselves, right? And they're calling you out on it because they see it and they don't like it. There's no mm-hmm. other reason for it to happen.
0: This is, by the way, also yeah. a useful skill Psychology. in a marriage. <laughs> as we yeah. as we all know.
2: <laughs> De escalating and de-taking it all apart. Yes. But just evaluating and subtracting yourself from the equation and seeing okay, well, this person's pain is obviously theirs, but it affects me because of this experience. And as long as I can understand that, I can let that go. And it's all about letting it go. I've had to learn to be a lot more fluid and just let things roll off me. And that's been one of the most difficult lessons of working on the internet for sure, because the internet loves to pick you apart. <laughs> and it's it's not all of the internet. It's just the vocal minority, right? Um, A lot of people love you and they're really sweet, but that vocal minority can be really cruel.
0: And those are the ones you remember. Those are the ones you remember too. I also I try unsuccessfully often, but I try to spin failures into secret successes. So, for example, I remember when I was on Game Grumps, I saw some comment once that someone posted, I'm sick of the Brian Wett style of humor. And I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have a style of humor. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. That's no, awesome. That's,
2: yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Someone pinpointed <laughs> yes. a thing that I do that they called my style that they don't like. That's actually a great compliment because it means yeah, I'm doing absolutely. a recognizable thing. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. percent. So
0: if I was looking at this, it's not quite the same thing, but there's a, a philosophical precept called the uh, principle of charity. Has either of you ever heard of this?
1: Mm-mm. I don't know if I have.
0: It's something I really like. And the idea is whenever, if you're arguing with someone, let's say you have different positions and they say something you disagree with, your goal should be to frame that in the most positive way possible. So for example, the worst thing you can do is say, oh, they don't mean it. They're they're just saying this to bother me. Okay. Let's assume they mean it. Let's assume they have the best intentions out there. Like that this person is 100% genuine and they're saying something because they earnestly believe it and they want to help humanity through this. Hmm. So when you're arguing with someone, when you disagree with someone, a useful exercise is to go to the far end of the charitable spectrum. Let's give every benefit of the doubt and then try to disagree with that and maybe along the way understand where the other side is coming from. So I often try to think about when I'm reading concepts of this principle of charity, like, let me try to understand what this could mean in the best possible light, which is often hard to do. (laughs) And I'm not saying I'm successful at it.
2: When did that kind of reflection come back to you? I feel like that's something that only comes to you, like, post being a parent and, like, teaching your child or, like, being introspective of that. Like, When did you become aware of that?
0: Well, for me, you know, I trained as a scientist, so... I learned very early, if someone said something I disagreed with, which happened literally all the time because it was my job to disagree with people and be disagreed with, that I would have to say, okay, nope, nope, this is my friend. I like this person. We're trying to arrive at a common conclusion that we all agree with. This person might be making a strong argument, you know, like a, a loud and like, not often, but occasionally yelly. Argument. You work with people from different cultural backgrounds. And occasionally I would show up at work, and one of my collaborators would be like, Hey, I saw that idea. I thought it was kind of stupid. And I'd have to be like, Okay, (laughs) that's that's not very nice, but you know, I, I like this guy. Well, let's talk about it. And so I had to drill it into my head. This is a human being, we have the same goal. Let's argue about this and treat each other with respect. Yeah. And after a while, I realized that in the one particular case I'm thinking of when he was like, oh, I think that idea is kind of stupid. That was a compliment in a way. Like he respected me so much that he could just be like, hey, that's kind of dumb.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Did I love it? No, I didn't love it. (laughs) But there was a foundation of respect there that I could eventually crack into. So I think this comes from my training as as a scientist of this idea, like we're all on the same team. Let's try to do this together.
2: Also, like, your experience as an artist, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally.
1: it's very admirable. People don't even have to have 100% of that entire philosophy, but even if they were able to exercise, like, an ounce of that, that maybe we wouldn't be as messed up on, like, a political spectrum right, <laughs> in, right. in society right now.
0: It can backfire pretty fast when you're arguing with someone who does not have good intentions and, mm. you know, is trolling or whatever, Like, if you go too far down that path with someone who is determined to just be oppositional and cruel, that is not a successful strategy. So there is an element of like, okay, sometimes you just have to walk away. In fact, most of the time, I would say, Mm -hmm. like, my, my number one philosophy with online comments is don't read them, don't engage. I turn to friends and people who I know for their opinion of stuff and... Generally online, I'm not looking.
2: That's a tide I've seen change recently, by the way. I remember when we were doing Game Grumps, we were always be you know, don't read the comments. And everyone would be like, what do you mean? Read the comments. We're all trying to help you. And now all creators, like on all platforms, are like, don't read the comments. And I'm glad that change is coming along because to put yourself out there on the internet is such a sensitive and a hard thing to do already. And then to be yes. judged by thousands, millions, however many people, nobody needs that. It's so no. unnecessary. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah. know
1: many, many people have touched on this, that our brains aren't really programmed to handle that, you know, the internet and the no. digital age information age is handled is evolving so quickly, you know, our, hack mentality, monkey brains aren't designed to be able to take on opinions from thousands of people yes. at once. You know, it, it really Absolutely. wasn't that long ago that we were in a town of, little town of a hundred people. And those were the only hundred people who you really had to care about and right. cared if their opinions matter, but not thousands.
0: I, I think about this too, in the context of parenting have an eight-year-old and just like you sometimes see that one comment that for whatever reason just sticks with you for the rest of your life, even though you don't want it to usually negative as a dad, I'm always worried that the thing I say will be the thing that sticks with my daughter for the rest <laughs> of her life. And I'm, by the way, I'm not like, you know, saying negative stuff, but you know, you just, you live with a person and you say things to them, especially when they're a kid, you have to be like, you know, I, I don't think I would put lotion on my feet and dance on the table right now that seems like a bad move <laughs> you know you, you keep them safe but there's always a little piece of my, the back of my mind where I'm like oh man what if i accidentally do something that's like the thing she remembers forever which we all have with our parents like Absolutely, you can yeah. point to a thing that you're i'm sure they wouldn't even remember saying it and then it's like, oh, fuck, I've been fucked up about that forever. They they, they didn't even remember. Like, what? I'm always worried about <laughs> I that. I
2: never remember.
0: <laughs> I worry that I'm like a little internet comment factory for my eight-year-old. And That's <laughs> so cool. I don't want to be. I think we should move on to some segments. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to our first segment now. This is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is where you get to talk about a book, a movie, a video game, something you've been enjoying recently and can be high culture, can be low culture. The segment is called What's Poppin'? And the theme song we add in post, but it does go right here.
1: What's poppin'?
0: What's poppin'? So, Marisha, I'm going to ask you the question I love to ask all of our guests, which is if you had heard the theme song, what would you have thought about it?
1: Oh, man, you know, I, I think that um that slap bass just really kicks.
0: Yeah, I I did that special just for this.
1: Yeah, I mean, incredible. I love also the little little uh little drum riff, the little, you
0: know. Yeah. symbols
1: at the end. It's great. Yes,
0: yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's you. a bop. Thank you very much. It is <laughs> a pop. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Um, Susie, what's popping?
2: Yes. So I've had to like dig my mind to see like what was popping. Like last week I talked about a Ouija board and yeah, the week before that it was a book. So I was like, what's popping for me music-wise? And I don't know about y'all, but I love to listen to music while I work. Or podcasts, obviously. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love movie soundtracks. Movie soundtracks are my absolute favorite. So, if anyone else is like me and loves movie soundtracks, like Last of the Mohicans, I highly recommend. But my recommendation this week is popping is a Lawrence of Arabia soundtrack. Oh, nice.
0: Look at that. Whoa, look at that vinyl. This is the
2: old, old vinyl. I got
0: this on a. That rules. Look at that 60s font, too.
2: I know. I'm so into Lawrence Arabia right now, um, but the soundtrack is just otherworldly. It really transports you and it just takes me there. I love it. So yeah. I highly recommend this. That's popping for me.
0: That is one of those movies that totally lives up to the hype. It's real fucking long, but it, it's the best.
2: It has the God's eye lens, right? Like i that's yeah. what got me to watch it was because I've had like some kind of like supernatural pull to the movie lately too for like a couple of years now. I just really been pulled to it. But in that movie, they have this thing called the God's eye lens where the camera twists in such a way where you can see him come through the mirage on a camel through the desert. Mm -hmm. And it's such an amazing shot. It was only possible because of this one magnificent lens and it's humongous and Mm -hmm. no other director wants to use it because they're so worried about damaging it or ruining the reputation of it. So (laughs) this is the only movie I think it's been used in.
0: I didn't know that. That's amazing.
2: But yeah, like, I just love it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's something too about those old like Technicolor movies, where if you're a pale skin person, they you look orange, right? There's just (laughs) something about like the color palette that the Technicolor brings out, which is so you just don't see this in movies anymore. It's it's wild. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. They don't make them like they used to. They really don't. They really don't. They don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: Marisha, what's popping for you? Man, so I was thinking about this a lot as well. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I could say the obvious. The only show that I'm watching right now is The Last of Us, but that doesn't need promoting. (laughs) But uh, when it comes to video games these days, and what I really only have time for is indie video games. And man, there are some great indie video games just on the scene right now and and in general. And I think I've been more drawn to them because they can be a little bit more unique They're breaking the formulas a lot. I can't remember the last time I played a AAA title because it just, once again, eh. they're all the (laughs) same and they're all 40 hours at this point. Yeah. But there's some like unique stuff going on in the indie game world. And one of my favorite indie games that I've played in the last handful of years is Kentucky Route Zero. And a little bit of an older game, but... They just released it to be playable on Netflix.
0: Oh, wild.
1: What? Yes. Yeah, because I mean, so much of it honestly is more of like a choose your own narrative, I would say, choose your own perspective. You don't really get to change the narrative, but you do get to influence the way that you view the story and through which character's lens that you get to experience it. So it totally makes sense that it's easy enough to be ported into Netflix with just basically the the choice mechanic mm. of it. So yeah, if anyone has been wanting something different, if you don't have a Switch or you're not really into playing games on Steam and you want to still just be comfy on the couch, Kentucky Route Zero is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I just haven't really seen anything like that game in a long time.
0: Awesome. Hell yeah. I love it. Brian, Susie, yes. Do you have a question <laughs> for me.
2: Do you have anything popping right now?
0: I do. Actually, there is a show, a TV show, that I think could use some promotion that I've been enjoying. So what's popping for me this week is a peacock show called Paul T. Goldman. Has either of you heard I'm about this? Cool.
2: I've never heard no. of show.
0: It's fucking nuts. It's directed by Jason Wallner, who's a an esteemed comedy director. He directed the Borat sequel, Eagle Heart, if you ever saw that. Just done a bunch of cool comedy projects over the years. And this is, it's part true crime, it's part meta narrative. And the idea is this guy, Paul T. Goldman, gets married and suspects that his wife is running a worldwide prostitution ring and <laughs> it turns out and I don't want to give anything away cuz I can't remember the last time I was like completely surprised by where a thing went and so I don't want to tell you where this goes but let's just say this guy is maybe not the most reliable narrator in the world and Ooh, okay oh, Do interesting. you like that yeah the six episodes it's very digestible it's all done it's just oh, a limited wow. series six- only six. They're all roughly an hour long. And he plays himself in the show. And it's sort of a documentary, except you learn pretty early on that you just can't trust this guy. And the narrative sort of explores that. It's weird. It's got a lot of great character actors that show up. So it's a documentary, but then it's a documentary about the documentary. And then it kind of spins off into another thing. I really don't want to give too much away about this because you should just watch it. The closest thing it is like is like Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal. But it is not like that. But it is also not like that at all. So it is a weird little unicorn that I really, really enjoyed. And I recommend everyone just go, go in as blind as you can. And watch it. Paul T. Goldman on Peacock.
1: What platform is that on?
0: Peacock. Okay. Yes.
1: So it's very meta. It sounds very like meta and self-aware.
0: It is extremely meta and self-aware. It is perhaps the most meta thing I have ever seen. I mean, (laughs) it sort of becomes a thing about the making of a thing about the making of a thing. And it goes all sorts of places. And throughout the whole show, you just keep asking yourself, what am I supposed to be thinking is real here? And it is kind of unclear. So uh, I loved it. It's really fun. And I've heard other like comedy type shows talk about it. Uh, How did this get made? Talked about a little bit, that show, things like that. So I've heard because of Wallner's connection to comedy and comedians, he's been on a few things here and there. I think he was on Comedy Bang Bang. But I want to bring more eyes to this show because it is unique and wonderful. Yeah, I haven't heard of it at all. Yeah. You know, it's on Peacock, and I feel like not a lot of people have that, even though that may be wrong. But if there's like a free trial, which I think there is out there for Peacock, it's worth get the free trial. Watch the thing. Cancel your subscription. You know, do whatever you do. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it.
2: Well, hell yeah. So uh, shall we move into our next segment? Let's do it. Uh, We got some peaches and lemons, y'all. So if you don't know what peaches and lemons are, peaches are things that bring you joy, gratitude. And lemons are something that wrestles your jimmies, makes your day bad. And I kind of feel like we should end on peaches. So we end on a high note. And maybe we should start with lemons today. So I have two lemons, um, oh, and I'll try and do my yeah. best. Okay, the first one is the world famous groundhog, Puxatani Phil. Saw mm-hmm. his shadow. We have six <gasps> more weeks of winter this week. Man, fuck oh, that guy! No, yeah, yeah. So just let that sink in. I don't know why we're still lit in this groundhog, and I don't know why he's world famous. And I, I mean, who decided Puxatani Phil is? the groundhog, but yeah, he, yeah. uh, decided six more weeks. So that sucks. And then my other lemon is that I don't know about you guys, but, uh, I tweeted about this and I got a lot of feedback ever since the pandemic happened. I feel like drivers have gotten 10 times worse. Every Absolutely. time I go to my house, I almost get in a car accident. There's so many unnecessary risks. I feel like people have lost their patience. There have been times where I'm like, I'm not going out cause I don't want to risk driving. Like I'm like, so put off these days. How what about you guys?
0: You guys have some lemons? Yes. Yeah. I, I just want to tag into that last one. You're totally correct about the driving. People <laughs> yes, are, agreed. especially in Los Angeles, where people uh. are bad drivers anyway. And also, it's been raining a lot over the last month, which yeah. takes already bad drivers and turns them into maniacs. The bad driving thing has definitely. That is a real phenomenon, which I have noticed as well. I feel like people kind of stopped. They got used to empty roads and were like, you know what? I'm going to go 120 miles an hour anyway, because look how fast I was going.
1: Just the other day, I mentioned, I was like, man, don't want to wish for pandemic times when we were all in quarantine. But it was like, man, remember when the roads were empty? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that was so nice. And I miss that so much. Yes. Yes. It's gotten gnarly. It's gotten gnarly. It's worse than it was before. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Marisha, do you have a lemon for us?
1: Yeah. I don't know if you all saw the recent Mr. Beast video where he cured a thousand people's blindness. I
0: Mm -hmm. did not see
1: that. He basically, you know, very Mr. Beast-esque, threw a bunch of money at covering the surgery, which is a very simple surgery that uh, only, you know, outpatient surgery takes like 10 minutes to do, but so many people are price gated out of it. So he paid for a thousand people's surgery to get, basically replace the lenses on the front of their eyes and place them with an artificial lens so that Mm. they can see again. That's not the thing that I'm mad about there were good, a, good. there was saw a small subsect of people on it, once again vocal minority of people who just had like a huge issue with this and criticized him for more or less claiming that he was like it was like charity out of exploitation to get views you know or or just doing this in a way that it, that it felt you know kind of using the people in the video and it just kind of made me think back to what we already know which is that people are really mean and critical about people just trying to help mm-hmm. and like that feels like the thing that people will get the most critical of ironically is like you're helping wrong <laughs> and it's just so yeah. frustrating and obviously there was a ton of discourse and conversation about it that like maybe we should be more upset that the medical industry is so messed up that it takes a very wealthy YouTuber to even provide this amount of medical care and cover this procedure that arguably should probably be sanctioned by the government in some way, shape, or form. So a ton to be discussed there. But yeah, it was just a mess. And I'm not even like, I'm not a Mr. Beast stan I don't he it's not his type of video, it's not my thing. I
0: just like the burgers.
1: Yeah, i he's honestly good burgers.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I've never had them. I am curious though. I have
1: to, but <laughs> but curious. they're not bad.
2: No, yeah, I, I agree. Like he did something good and I think it should be celebrated. And like I understand the people saying it's performative, but at the same time, like we need good in the world, and he did something really good. And like, what else do you want him to do? Like, that's his what he does on his show. And like, who wouldn't want to do something like that for people? Like, honestly, if they had the kind of money, like, I feel like anyone would want to do something like that. So, yeah. good on him for actually doing it. Like, it's cool. Exactly.
1: I'd much prefer him do stuff like this than like you know, Duh, this person can't leave this circle for ninety days or you know, some of the other stuff <laughs> yeah. that he does. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's like also if the good is done, I guess to some extent, questioning the motivation is not a productive thing mm. in, in some cases, right? Obviously, there are exceptions to this, but it's like, can we be happy that something nice happened, please? Something nice then, happened. Then, you know, yeah. well,
1: so this That's is why mis- we can't have nice things.
2: I think it's a misdirected anger, right? Like, people yes. are angry at him when really they should be angry that you know, this is unattainable for right. people who need it. And I think that's what
1: the real root of the problem is. Absolutely. And sure, could he have maybe commented on that a little bit more in his video? <laughs> sure. We all already know that though. And, um, you know, and I don't disagree with like, oh, well, he's doing this for views or he's now profiting off of this. And it's like, yeah, but I, you know, the two don't have to necessarily be mutually exclusive.
0: And it's still better that it happened, right? Yes. That, that is, I would think, unambiguous.
1: Yes. But yeah, don't be mean to people who are just doing a nice thing. That's my lemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. That is a good Brian,
2: one.
0: do you have a lemon for us? Uh, yes. It's, it's very minor. I was supposed to have dinner this week with the one, the only Brent Lilly. And at the last, I was looking forward to it all day. And the last minute, he couldn't make it through no fault of his own. Yeah. And. We were supposed to have dinner last month. I got sick, so it was like a rescheduled thing. I think it's happening tomorrow. Hopefully, everyone makes it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But it was yeah. just—it was just like a, ah, oh, yay, Brent. Di- oh no, and it's not his fault, but it's just a thing I was looking forward to that didn't quite happen. But I think it's happening tomorrow. So that's
2: a really that is sweet my, one. You missed his wedding. company. <laughs> I know.
0: I love Brent. He's been a guest on this show. I think I might have told you this, Susie, for years. I have been advocating that he do a show called That's Brentertainment, Brent an insider's guide to Hollywood, and <laughs> Listen, he yeah. refuses to do it, Ugh. but I feel like that guy has a wealth of knowledge. That
2: man has seen things.
0: Yes, he's, he's seen a lot of things, and he has uh, the ideal uh, lack of polish for such a thing in, in his personality, right? He's not an on-camera person, which is what makes him <laughs> so relentlessly compelling.
1: Amazing. So,
0: yes. Anyway.
1: And that also just speaks to like the hardest part of adulting, which is like, yep, oh, uh, seeing my friends is hard,
0: yes, it's hard to do, yeah, it's <laughs> yes. so hard
1: to organize.
0: And it is very much a Los Angeles thing where it's like, I made plans with someone, oh, they flaked at the last minute. Now, they to, to be clear, yeah. he wasn't flaking here, he had he couldn't make it for a good reason, but. It is a stereotype, but it is true. People here will text you after you're at the place you were going to meet them. And they're like, ah, traffic was bad. I decided I didn't want to do it. It's like, yeah, I I've parking. never done that to somebody. I would never no, do yeah, that I to couldn't. somebody. Yeah. But people here do it. Yeah, I can't find parking. I drove by, I got there, and then I couldn't find parking. So I left. Sorry. Oh, Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. What are we doing? Um. Anyway, that's my line.
2: Wow. Well, those are all really good lemons, guys, I gotta say. Um, But now we should uplift the people. We should bring them some peaches to make their days better. So I have three things that I'm grateful for, um, and I'll start us off. First thing I'm really grateful for today is my two-year anniversary on Lexapro for OCD. Oh, wow. And I will say Medication changed my life. I used to feel like I was waiting for my life to begin, and now I feel like I'm actually living my life. So, wow. I highly recommend if you feel that way or like you feel disconnected or like anything, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Therapy is great. Yeah. Get medication if you need it, but don't be afraid of it. I was really put off by medication for a long time. It took me a long time to like trust it, and I'm glad I did. So, I recommend everybody, trust your doctors. Um, My second peach is the weather is finally nice, guys. So uh, I've been opening my windows. It's really nice and cool here in LA right now, but not too cold. So I'm loving that. And then my third peach is strawberries are back in stores. It's like my favorite food. So I've been eating Mm. bowls and bowls of strawberries. And I don't know if anybody else does this. If I'm the only person who does this, let me know in the comments. I douse my strawberries in
1: sugar when I'm eating them. Yes. You mm. do it too, a hundred percent. It's one of the only yeah. ways I can eat them. Let me take a really sweet that. fruit and add sugar to it. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's my treat. Like I love doing that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: my mom used to put powdered sugar on strawberries. Like it just yeah. makes not, them so much not just batter. like, like candy. crystal. Yeah.
2: But yeah, those are those are my peaches. What about you guys? Do you guys have any anything come into mind?
0: I can go here. So peach number one is, Marcia, you were talking about indie games. And I was playing a, a fast little indie game. Uh, I just started playing called Elden Ring. And <laughs> uh, I I, I I just yeah. got a PS5, you know, after fucking three years of trying, finally you can like get them now. So this is the, I don't think I said this last week on the show, Susie. This is the only non-Nintendo console I have ever owned, ever in my life. And I no. am 47 and I have never owned PlayStation or Xbox or anything. How? Uh, how indeed. Well, because, you know, they're expensive is, is how. Yeah. And I was moving and indeed to the UK where the power is different and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So we actually did bring our Wii with us there and then back. But I resolved three years ago, I was going to get a PS5 or whatever the fuck they came out. And then you couldn't get one. And I finally got one. And I was like, okay, I'm going to see what all the fuss is about. And I finally started playing it. And I'm, you know, whatever eight hours into it and I still don't understand what the fuck is happening, but it's fun. I see what the hype is about. I really like it. turns out I'm a sucker for these giant open world games. Like I loved breath of the wild and it's exciting to be playing this really fun game.
2: Gamer. Uh,
0: But also it turns out, do you want to hear something crazy? There are a lot of games out there for the PlayStation. (laughs) And it turns out all these games that I have never played because they weren't out on fucking Nintendo and I'm a Mac user, so I can't, I don't have a gaming PC either. This whole vista <laughs> of, of, of video games is suddenly wide open in front up? of me. And no, yeah. I, I'm not even going to try to catch up, but it's nice to, to have that ability now. Peach number two, yesterday, I went to a dress rehearsal at the LA Opera of their Marriage oh, of Figaro cool. production. And it turns out that if you're, if you're a donor, sometimes they open up dress rehearsals and you know what, don't give them a lot of money, but like you give them a hundred bucks or something and they open up these dress rehearsals. And so I went to one yesterday. You know, they didn't really pause or anything. It was a full dress, full production, full orchestra, everything. And it was my first time back in that building in years in the Dorothy Chandler. And it is just first of all, it's such an artifact of the sixties or whenever it opened. It's got, you know, the gold trim and the green carpets. And it just feels like another era. Uh it's so cool in that. there. And just to see a full orchestra and all the singers and it, it was, it was great. Uh, so that Amazing. was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people there, but they had, didn't have anyone sitting in the orchestra section. Everyone was up in the balconies, maybe because they were, it was pro- I don't know, were they filming it? They were, you know, they're moving shit around cause it's still a rehearsal. So that was fun. And my final peach is a, a peach by proxy. My wife and daughter are going to the preview for Super Nintendo World this Sunday. (gasps) And I am not a Universal Pass holder, but they are because they bought the passes when they went a couple months ago in anticipation of this exact thing. And I got them reservations for Sunday at 4 p.m. So they're going to go check it out. Does Audrey know? She does not know yet because I don't want her to (laughs) explode.
2: Oh my she will goodness. explode. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. She's been
0: talking about it for months. We watched the videos of the one in Japan together. She's very, very excited. Audrey is a massive Zelda and Mario fan. And I think we're going to wait until day of to tell her that Rachel, her mom, and, and she are going together. I won't be able to go because I didn't get the pass ahead of time, but I I hope they have a great time because she's been talking about it like almost every week. She's like, are we going to Nintendo World now? And now it's actually open for previews and it officially opens in like two weeks or something.
1: I'm jealous of your daughter.
0: I know, (laughs) I know. They're going to have such a great time. I'm very excited. And then we'll go back when it's open, open.
2: Oh (sighs) man, that's so cool. Tell them to take lots of photos. Yeah.
0: It sounds like eight years old is a great age to go. To that thing. Are you at. kidding
2: me? That's the perfect age for it, too. Oh, it's yeah. kind of the
0: perfect age for everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Eight rules.
2: She's like independent. She's like a person.
0: Yeah. I, I tweeted this the other day. She was like, Daddy, did you know that the original Zelda game is so old that they have a word for people who played it when they were kids? And I was like, No, I didn't. What's that word? And she goes, Old. <laughs>
2: My ego, it just like took a hit. <laughs>
1: His know. child, she's so funny. <laughs> she
0: is so funny. She is, she's uh. very, very funny.
1: No one can roast like kids, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and at eight, they're still like little and silly. Here, she told me this joke. This is not an original. She told me this joke the other day a three sheep in a trench coat go to buy a ticket to, to the movies. And they walk up to the ticket counter and they say, one ticket, please. And the guy goes, I'm not going to give that to you. You're three sheep in a trench coat. And they're like, no, we're not. The guy goes, yes, you are. One, two.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was that's like, a that's a cute joke, joke, Audrey.
0: So that's, <laughs> that's the cute. age we're at.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: All right, Marisha, what are your peaches?
1: Oh man, yeah. It's a peach. It, it could be a lemon, but it, it's actually a peach.
0: We call them Plemons, like Jesse Plemons. Plemons, yeah. Yes. Yes. Silver
1: lining Plemons. We're getting some work done on our backyard, some contracting work, which is um, plumbing stuff, things like that, which is good as it needs to be done. It'll be better when it's done. But Among the um, joys
0: of homeownership. Yeah. Yes,
1: it is one of those things. And you're like, oh, God, my wallet. And oh, God, there's <laughs> mud yeah. and contractors and dirt everywhere. And yeah, it looks like a gigantic 40-foot mole has burrowed through our backyard. <laughs> so there's just massive trenches, uh-huh. which means we don't really enjoy letting our... We have a corgi named Omar. And awesome. he's so sweet. He's so, so super sweetie. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see pictures of him on there. But we can't really let them out in the backyard as freely. But the silver lining is it means we've been taking them on a lot more walks. And like last week, we had a little beach day. And that's just another one of those like little kind of reminders of like, oh, my God, we had like such a good time. Just me, Matt and Omar, just like watching him run freely on the that's beach. so great getting joy from just watching this dog like live his best life. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been nice to kind of have that excuse and that reason to be like, Oh yeah, just taking walks with your dog yeah. is very nice. And we should, whether there's work going on or not, we should just try and make more time totally. for that. So
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's a simple thing sometimes, especially when everything is so crazy and then the other thing is oh, when we're recording this, it's a Friday, which means we mm-hmm. had new episodes of our animated series, Legend of Vox Machina, that just dropped on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, which means one of the favorite things that we like to do as a cast is watch all the reaction videos on YouTube
0: oh, nice. from yeah, all is. the React it. channels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just so great. Shout out to everyone who does the reactions. You might be surprised that we all are we're watching you guys and they're great and it's just so amazing because um especially doing things when you're you're you make online content or um you know content for television is you don't readily get that audience feedback like you would in like theater or doing a live show. So this is kind of like a nice supplement to see that live reaction feedback of the audience, enjoying something that we put a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears into. So shout out to react channels on YouTube. Love you guys. (laughs) Uh, um, And my last peach is once again, as mentioned going into the weekend, And this is going to make me sound like a lush, but as part of training for creator clash, my coach was like, keep drinking to the weekends, drink on Fridays and Saturdays. And then that's Uh it. Everything else kind of no more drinking. I've been sticking to that. So I'm going to have a cocktail tonight.
0: Uh, You know what? (laughs) Even though uh, I am not training, I do the same thing. Yeah. Just because I was like, you know what? I feel like that's better for me. You know, if yeah. I'll go out for like a special occasion, whatever, I'll drink during the week. But yes. other than that, like, yeah, I'm not going to drink except on the weekends. And I found that a very useful way of putting a little restriction on something that I felt, I never felt like I was drinking too much, but I yes. look forward to it when I was like, okay, I'll get to have a little cocktail this weekend. Isn't that nice? A little treat. So yeah. it becomes something, something special instead. I totally agree. a nice
1: little treat. Just yeah, a little treat exactly. it's Just nice a little treat and admittedly I was one who you know we kind of fall into a bad habit of like, oh God, it was a long stressful day I'm gonna come home from work and you know have two three glasses of wine um, <laughs> try to help me wind down so yeah trying to get better at not doing that and having this like reason to do that and I'm like, oh yeah, this is good this is better for you know my health my mental health, you know all of that all around. So
0: yeah. I did that with coffee too, actually, although I'm well off that bandwagon now, but for a while I was like, "Am I actually doing myself a disservice by doing coffee and alcohol only on weekends because they kind of do <laughs> different things. But yeah, yeah for, for years I was like, I got to have coffee on the week. I just, I don't like the idea of feeling like I have to have coffee every day.
1: Right. Or just have to have anything. You know yeah, exactly. Was, same thing with booze, you know, yep. I'm like, man, yep. getting into this feeling of like, oh, I need this to relax Yes. and try exactly. to find other ways. And once again, anyone who's uh, out there, please don't take this as any type of slight if you are one of those people, because as previously mentioned, was it still more or less is one of those people Um, if I didn't have a reason to force me into it. But yes, I am. All that being said, I'm excited about my Friday night cocktail.
0: I love it. Well... I'm excited to have had you on this show. Yes.
1: So thank you so
0: much for being here, Marisha. It has been a really fun conversation. We've been meaning to have you on, as I said, for years. And it's just great to to get a chance to talk to you and to see you again, because it's been a long time since we've hung out. So it's, it's great to see you.
1: I know. Yeah. I don't think I've seen you, Brian, since like... I don't know, probably a random game grumps party like I years ago. I think that's ago.
0: exactly, what it was probably like <laughs> three or four years ago. I saw Matt at an event more recently than that, but I don't think you were there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think for you and me, it was like a grumps party. Uh, I think so. Four years yeah, ago like or something Christmas like that. Christmas holiday
1: yeah. party maybe? Yeah, I sure. feel like it's Halloween yeah.
0: or something. Yeah, I don't even know.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it was. And yeah, Susie, thank you for inviting me.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. Like, I know how busy you are with work and just everything yes. and training and like, just like even like finding time for life. So thank you so much for fitting us in. I really yes, appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
1: hell yeah. <laughs> I'm stoked. Once again, it's that work-life balance. This is Fun to just kind of take a minute and and also, this is the first podcast I've done since the announcement of Creator Clash. That so was really cool. Oh, like,
0: awesome! Great
1: yeah, uh, get to chat about it. So, yeah, yeah thank sure. you guys so much. This was anytime you call <laughs> me, you have my number. <laughs> if you guys want to buy tickets to Creator Clash,
0: good,
2: it's going to be on April 15th in Florida in person. Great. I love um, it. and yeah. you can buy your tickets at thecreatorclash.com. Don't forget the, the part, and tickets are on sale right now, but they are going fast. So please, uh-huh. if you want to be there in person, get your ticket sooner rather than later because you will miss out and scalpers will be selling them. So absolutely, that's my recommendation. That's
1: crazy fast. Um, and then you can also, if you can't make it in person, you can find the information to get the pay-per-view stream through the creatorclash.com as
0: well. I love it. And where can people find you, Marisha?
1: You can find me, um, of course, on Critical Role, which we have episodes Thursday nights on uh, twitch.tv slash Critical Role as well as YouTube Critical Role. But then personally, you can find me on uh, Instagram at at Marisha Ray, and same for Twitter as well.
0: Cool. Awesome. Susie, <laughs> do you want to bring us home here?
2: Yes. Ending statements, I just want to say uh be kind to everybody. You never know who could be falling apart. It could be a person right next to you. So please try and be kind and smoke weed every day. Thank hey. Hey. Great. Hey.
0: <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Late night is produced by Brian Wett, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at Night at gmail.com.